Hello, Screeders. I am moving around without a brace on my ankle. So, uh, as many of you are aware, I don't usually go to the doctor for anything, uh, especially not a possible sprain, twisted, torn ligament, broken ankle. I just do what they always tell you to do, which is pressure, compression, ice, keep it elevated, all those good things until I can walk on it and then I start walking on it, <laughs> which is not a good idea. You got a chip bone or something probably, but uh, believe it or not, you know, little bone tendrils will go out there, snag that little piece of bone and suck it right back in. Regardless, what I'm trying to say is, is I'm back on my feet again and uh, it didn't take too long. I've been working, but it's been broken up. I also hit a deer. I think you guys probably already know that. I don't remember, but the deer kicked back, ran off, and told me that there was no vegan that was going to kill him. Uh, he honestly just bounced right off, and there was barely any damage to the deer, but <coughs> did about $4,000 damage to my ladylike Nissan Rogue. So I had a pretty eventful end of the month. I have a few things I want to talk about. We've got some call-ins from some of the regulars, including uh, Jason Connerly, Rich, and a first-time caller, long-time listener, Jeff Jones. So thanks to all those guys in advance for calling in. Um, I just wanted to let you guys know it's super sunny out. I'm excited, and I'm going to tell you why in just a minute. Today is April 5th, 2023. I am Jason Hobbs, and this is Random Screed. Hey, Jason, the other Jason. Just listened to your Gone Gary episode from 28 March. I'm sorry you got hurt. I'm sorry you didn't make it to GaryCon. I hope you do heal up, able to move around here real soon. It's no fun being down, like you say, stuck on the couch. Um, I do think it's interesting, you talk in your episode, though. You know, I, I think it's important to try different games and different game styles. It's okay to decide that a game where one of the sub-games is doing all that management of ship systems and managing the fuel and managing the weapons and, you know, the bookkeeping part isn't part of the game you enjoy. There are other people who do enjoy that, which is cool too. But I, I think if you don't try the various different kinds of games, then you'll never know. And, you, you know, as a kind of old school OSR player to some degree, you know, where you gr you've been playing BX for years, all that kind of thing, I, I think trying these other games out like Into the Odd is important because it, it can expand your horizons. And even if you always default back to your, you know, one game, I, I do think it rounds you out as a player to try new things. And, and if nothing else, it lets you know, hey, that's not really my bag. It's cool that other people like it, but I'm going to focus more on this. But you'll never really know unless you try it. So good on you for getting out there and trying different systems. And, yeah, I look forward to seeing how all that develops. So take care of yourself, and I'll talk to you soon. Jason Connerly of Nerds RPG Variety Cast otherwise known belovedly as the other Jason. Thanks for calling in, man. 
like I mentioned in the intro, I am uh, getting around much better. I'm walking around without a brace, uh, which I'm pretty sure my wife isn't too happy about. But I think I did get her to agree that it's all right to keep playing basketball if I wear the brace. So what I want to do is get my ankle completely healthy because there's no sense in wearing a brace up into that point because it just will never heal. So um, I am back on my feet. Thank you for the kind words. And yes, my brother, I am going to keep on keeping on trying games, seeing what I like, seeing what I don't like. Uh, in fact, I was just uh, interviewed on uh, Jeff Jones's RPG Ramblings podcast, which is an OSR anchorite, even if he doesn't know it, at least an anchorite, because uh, it's on, he does it on Anchor, which I find fascinating, but, and we kind of talked about some different games, and it was his suggestion uh, that I try Coriolis. You should actually listen to his show. It's a weekly show. It's RPG Ramblings. Go check it out, uh, and I think he called in mentioning that so thanks for calling in jason and yeah man i want to like i say i want to keep trying games i mean i I have a traveler update for us today i want to play more we deal in lead Uh, i want to keep working on all of my western weird western projects and i even have another little writing tidbit i might let you in on but once again thanks buddy Hey Jason, sorry to hear about your break, man. That sucks. I know when I broke my heel, I was out of it for, I don't know, it was like a good week. And then they were just like, oh, you can't walk on it. So I like, you know, did everything I could without walking on it. Um, And it drove me crazy not to be able to do anything. So I hope that gets better for you. Um, Sometimes sitting around doing nothing is not the best thing. Um, Yeah, so I hope that gets better. Uh, on the uh, Traveler front, you were talking about um, a bunch of people sitting around talking about playing a game versus playing a game. And I read this article, um, I can't remember who it was from, but they were going through the editions of D&D and talking about them. And uh, they went through Basic and then First Edition in the same kind of section. And, uh, and then, or BX and First Edition. And then the next section, they went into Beck Me and Second Edition. And it really, it really feels like what you're looking for is this rules lightness, right? Because I know um, the games you seem to gravitate towards are these rules light ones with with these sort of like, you know, you can buy the book and play it in one night, right? I, I know that when I got We Deal in Lead in the mail, I cracked that thing open, flipped through it, and I was like, okay, I got this, let's go. Uh, not that I went anywhere, but uh, yeah, it's still sitting on my shelf. Um, so yeah, I think that that's just the difference between you and other players. Um, I know in my games, I like to um, encourage the players to sit around and talk about what they're going to do, not necessarily go out and do what they're going to do. As a GM, I feel like the less I talk and the more my players talk, the better the game is. Um, And my my players tend to feel that way because they gravitate towards me, right? I've got a lot of... um, players that I've played with for a long time and they keep coming back so they must like what I'm doing uh anyways so yeah hope you feel better take care and uh I'll talk to you soon hey Rich thanks for calling in buddy and thank you so much for the well wishes as previously mentioned I don't believe my ankle's broken I'm back on my feet I'm hard at it 
but I am really curious about what you were talking about. I kind of wonder, back in the early days of my podcasting, I would talk a lot about the levels of play and uh, how, you know, most early games are first person and that's about it. Very rarely do we ever actually get into anything beyond first person in a, like a game of BX or AD&D. Pretty much all we ever really see the story from is from individual characters' eyes. And kind of by doing all the planning and all that, that is maybe up a slight level anyway. Um, and I do think there are some lost opportunities with that type of game. And I mean, it is different when you're playing low fantasy gaming. And um, I wonder if I do gravitate toward rules light systems. I want to. I really want that to be what I play. But I also want it to have enough structure that it gives me the needs that I desire. And it's possible that those needs are different as a player and as a GM. Now, if that's not muddying the waters, I'm not sure what is. But regardless, I am absolutely in no way am I ever saying that uh, other people, the way they play the games, are bad. Uh, I'm not. In my... My, all of my rhetoric and screening really comes from my uh, point of view with games. I, uh, I am totally open for other people to do whatever they want uh, and don't care. I really don't. They can play however they want to. It doesn't affect me and my table in any way. Uh, now, if we're at the same table, we'll find a compromise because I'm really a compromising kind of guy. I'm just excited people are playing games, and that is the truth. Thanks for calling in, Rich. Hey, Jason. Long-time listener, first-time caller. This is Jeff Jones from RPG Ramblings. You got it close. As long as you get Jeff in Ramblings, I'm sure you'll be able to find me, at least anybody that's trying to reach out to me. Yeah, I've been trying to do a lot of different things, and uh, thanks for giving some love to Fan of the Fly God and Gary's Appendix. Um, just kind of throw out something different out into the world and see how it sticks. And if people want to pick stuff up, that means you have to find RPGRamblings.com or just wait for Kickstarter. Because next, um, or actually this month now, uh, Scoundrels of Brixton will be going live. So if they pick stuff up on Kickstarter, they'll get a bit cheaper. But if people are in a hurry, they can always go to RPGRamblings.com. So anyway, great hearing from you and uh, look forward to the next show. Jeff Jones. A self-confessed, long-time listener, first-time caller. Thank you for breaking that cherry, habit, thing, whatever. Regardless, it is a pleasure having you here on the screen, my friend. I was trying to figure out where I met uh, Jeff. I know that he it was at Game Hole and played in a Kalmata game, and he seemed like he was very bored, to be honest. Uh, I would like to hear if he wasn't or if he was or how that worked out. I also tried to play in a fate game with Jeff, and he was the GM, and it was supposed to be Star Frontier. I've told this story before on other podcasts. I don't know if I've done it on this one or not. Um, I guess I didn't really understand the genre of 
Star Frontiers that well. I mean, I was pretty young when I tried to play it. I like the pew-pewing. Uh, it got weird with Zebulon's Guide, in my opinion. I'm not a huge... Hu- in two miles, take the exit toward Montague Road. Humor and games guy. I mean, I make a lot of jokes, and I try to make a lot of laughs, but the game itself is very serious, if that is even possible or makes sense. Um, another tidbit, we talked about Star Frontiers on... Uh, the episode of RPG Ramblings where Jeff interviewed me and uh, he had some really in- interesting insights on why he's such a fan of Star Frontier. So if you can get through me rambling, go find his newest uh, upcoming episode that has yours truly on it and you'll hear some of our conversation. I have to admit that I did an article for Gary's Appendix number 3. It should be coming out in the fall. Hopefully Jeff likes it and he doesn't have to do a bunch of editing to it. And hopefully you all go and buy it. Check out Scoundrels of Brixton. It really seems interesting. It might be kind of some criminally scum and villainy in a traveler-esque feel is what it seems like to me. Regardless, you guys should check it out for yourselves and see if it's worth your credits. Which also in half a mile, me, take the exit toward Montague Road. How dumb are credits in general? It makes no sense. Someone tell me how credits make sense as a physical commodity. I don't even normally use cash in any situation. All I have to do Take is carry... Take the exit toward Montague Road, then turn left onto Montague Road. Carry a cart around or a cred stick makes some sense, but like a pile of cred sticks makes no sense. Unless, unless you're using it some sort of script which is usable off the grid. Now, that, that might make some sense. I, I'm down. Let's talk about credits. Everyone call in. Tell me what you think about credits. Turn left onto do Montague it. Road. Do it today. If he is up or down, his podcast still comes round. Hobbs is in his van, don't turn off that sad nap man. Random screed, random screed, don't know what you get, but it's what you need. Alright my screeding family, I want to talk to you right now about the day before Briseis. I just made that up on the spot. That's not really what we're calling the campaign. But I have mentioned this Traveler campaign run by Huskarl, with the other players being Brandon Bards and Roger, also known as Zargrave, both from BS Landia, and uh, heavy-hitting mofos from uh, the BSer family. Um, I was complaining at length, as I often do, or screeding, if you prefer, about the lack of semi-turgid sci-fi, and Huskarl stepped up to the plate saying he would run some Traveler Mongoose 2nd Edition. You've heard me talk about the character generation. We each made six characters. My characters are a tall, lean, grim-faced, deadpan... German slash Swede esque, the Swede from uh, 
Hell on Wheels is kind of what I've modeled him after. He is really an ex-planetary marine with laser gun combat three, uh, who then turned into a bit of a scavenging explorer Indiana Jones type, which is kind of weird, but uh, we're kind of heavy right now on the streetwise. I've seen a lot of things and shot a lot of them sort of demeanor thus far with that character named Bosk. Yes, he's sort of named after... It wasn't intentional at first. I think I just got it off of a European name generator. But Bosk, I think, is also a name from one of the... Uh, one of the bounty hunters from Star Wars. I don't know. I'm not a super huge Star Wars fan, but that's kind of how I remember it. Um, Bosk, and then my other character is Murin, more of a gun combat, ballistic three, carousing party girl that actually uh, came out at rank four, I think, from the army. Um, she's got a mixed group, but she is kind of uh, the first person to try and have a good time and socialize, where Bosk has a strangely in-depth education. Um, Mirren, maybe just a lot of endurance and alcohol capacity. Anyway, those are my two characters. Each of the other two players have two characters. Zargrave is playing Dr. Harper, our medic, and Esfandiari, otherwise known as SR. Um, SR is kind of a pilot, I believe. Uh, his character's I, seem to, I feel like I know Harper better than I know SR, although SR was a bit intimidating with an authority figure that we ran in with in the first session. Uh, Brandon is playing uh, Zash, who is a pentultimate failer. Everything he tries, he seems to fail at, but he keeps on trying, and that's what makes him lovable. And his last character is Rebecca, kind of based a little bit off of Tank Girl. So we have these characters. A lot of them are quasi, mostly military. So it kind of falls in with what I was looking for. Uh, we knew each other. We've gathered together to help Harper get a lab ship. And with the way it was set up, I thought, oh, dang it. We're playing high and dry again for the third time. High and dry is you have to be high to have fun because the, game, the session is dry as shit. Sorry for anyone who wrote high and dry. I don't know if that's accurate. I've never actually read the module. I'm only going by my own experience. Uh, but session one, I had a blast. It was really fun. The setup was quite interesting. This is a recap. We, uh, we all got low berth, and we headed towards... I don't remember the name of the planet. I think it's in the Trojan Reach, but it has an Oberon mining facility on it. Um, Dr. Harper assisted with bringing us out. We actually used a, uh, I'm not sure why, but who's the GM was, we used an experimental drug that would help us recuperate faster, but there was an opportunity or a chance for some sort of negative mishap. And 
Harper helped bring us out, and Harper's a pretty good medic, so had some bonuses and made the roles as opposed to the technician at uh, the Oberon Mining Facility to pull us out of cryosleep. And that's where we found out that pretty much anybody who shows up there is immediately shunted into the mines to work off any of the debt they accrued on their way to the planet. And this was not good. We were not happy about this. This is not what we were here for. We were here to meet up with a, a specific individual who would help us to uh, deal with and get the Briseis, which they were ending the lease for the last company, and a new company was buying that lease for the ship. And then uh, Harper, Dr. Harper, was buying the ship from them. So that's kind of the setup, but we find ourselves in this prison-like mine, and uh, are we going to try to create a revolt? Are we going to try to create a coup? Uh, most of the people seem stuck on the planet and they're not getting off. It was sort of reminiscent of Andor in that way. But uh, it was kind of cool. There was a lot of interesting things going on. The game moved along. Uh, we weren't quite sure what to do. In some ways, time is going to pass regardless of what you do. And as players, I know that's hard because sometimes you waffle around wondering what it is you're supposed to do. When you're not necessarily supposed to do anything, this is a tip for players. In my experience, if the if it seems to be waffling and the GM doesn't really have anything specific, but they're wondering what you want to do, I really think you should just do whatever you want to do, even if it's nothing. Because more often than not, depending on what you do is what... Uh, creates ramifications and repercussions in the future so like if you interact with a certain in a faction mile, turn left onto north tower road maybe they'll help you if you don't maybe they won't you know it's all it's all it's all like take the next left cause north tower road cause and effect in my experience so do what you want and don't do anything if you don't want to don't do something just because you think the GM wants you to. Continue on North Tower Road for four miles. Don't talk to every NPC in the bar just because you think you're supposed to figure one of them out. Just do whatever you think your character would do or you want your character to do and uh, have fun with whatever comes of that. That's my tip for you for this episode of Random Screed. All right, I think that was pretty much session one, and then session two uh, began. We finally met up with the contact, even though we didn't think we were going to, from uh, some really good uh, role play from Brandon's Zash character and Dr. Harper and uh, Roger's Esfariandi. Uh, Bosk did his thing, and uh, Murin did her thing, but neither of them, I don't think we would have gotten out. There was a very, very tense moment near the end of the first session where it looked like we were maybe going to try to start a revolt. And at that point, uh, Mirren had pocketed or sleeved a scalpel. She's okay with melee blades, but better than anything else. So uh, I was happy with that situation. Like I said, I had a blast in session one. Uh, we didn't get in a fight, we didn't get any pew-pew, but I still I still had a really good time. Session two, I have to say I was exhausted well, before the session even started. Uh, I did not really sleep the night before very well, and uh, I, then I had to take my mom to the doctor, and then I had to take my daughter to the airport, and then the session, and I actually recorded this RPG Ramblings 
podcast episode even before that. So very, very, very full day. And I know it wore me down. And I have, in my opinion, we rolled way too many checks. Uh, we were given uh, an a air raft, but it doesn't has a, have a top, and we were going up to the ship, so we're leaving the atmosphere in this air raft with no top and wearing vac suits. And to me, that just sounds like crazy talk. I just can't imagine wearing a grav suit and a land speeder and flying up to a, a ship in orbit of a planet. How the hell do you get back? How do you not get burnt up and re-entry? I don't know. Something about it just seemed crazy to me. I, I'm sure it's an extrapolation of the concept of anti-gravity and being able to leave a planet, but somehow it just seems like a ship like a grav ship shouldn't be able to just pull off the planet and head up. I don't know why, but there was some destruction to the uh, the lab ship that we went to, which was like this cool-looking circle. Maybe that's common for lab ships. I don't know. I don't have a lot of experience with Traveler, and I don't usually like to stare through the book or do any of those things. But like I say, the second session was quite a bit of us trying to maneuver and get in onto the ship and try to figure out what's going on and what happened to the crew and why they haven't been uh, answering any, they didn't answer our contact uh, for a week, which every week they had been sending back reports. And we got a lot of information. Um, one of the players said they really liked all the checks because everyone seemed to get a chance to shine. To me, all the checks seemed a little tedious, but I kind of understand it, you know. Uh, I think in my weird little mind, I want it to just be a simple task. Yeah, you just drive this air raft up and it's not a problem, but synchronizing with orbit with the ship, moving and uh, passing these damage this field of debris that's around it from like some sort of explosion that occurred in one area. There was a dead body uh, in there. a quarter mile. Turn right to stay on North Tower Road. You know, in the proximity of the ship, of the of the station. So there was a lot of cool seat things, and uh, I don't know. It, it was cool, but it, and sometimes, and like I say, in some ways, it felt a little tedious. But Take the next right to stay on North Tower Road, then turn right onto East Mill Road. I think there was a lot less individual role-playing from the different characters and players than we had in the first session, which I enjoyed. But, you know, you can't just role-play all the right time. Turn East Mill Road. The story has to move forward as well as the plot has to move forward. I'm going to use all Continue the wrong on words. East Mill Road for half a mile. That Taylor and Daniel and all the other guys seem to be uh, fighting over. But uh, it has it can't all be character development. There has to be some story, and there has to be some character development, and hopefully a little pew-pew. But uh, we haven't had that yet. We don't even have weapons still. In a quarter mile, turn left onto 7 Hickory Road. Which is very interesting. But so far, two, two and a half thumbs up. I'm not sure where the other half thumb is coming from, but we are talking about semi-turgid sci-fi, so use your imagination. It's a beautiful day in the gamer A beautiful day for my gamers Would you be one? Could you be one? It's out of that thunder but don't despair This colony's breeding great robbers Would you be one? Could you be one? If the 80% mortality rate works for you 
For a few bucks a month you can sign up and have the hogs kill you So let's make the most of another someday Brew up some coffee and play it my way Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my gamers? Won't you be? Won't you please? Please won't you be my gamers?